previously on Searching for Ghosts. Um, and I think that's a pattern. He, he loved us when we were little, but when we started getting older and having a voice of our own, um, it changed. It changed. And all of a sudden, he just jumped up and said, oh, I'm going home. Just got out of the blue. I just, that's just something new to me that I learned yesterday. I was like, well, I never knew I was supposed to go skating with her. I just saw her that Sunday. She, I, she was coming to tell me bye. I'm going to take my band down to uh, Mexico. You come down and get it and have it. It'd be yours. It's a nice band there. In the last episode, we got a rare look into what was going on that weekend while Larry and Bethany were in Little Rock. In this episode, we will hear what Larry was doing that Friday before he picked up Bethany. And we will talk to someone who saw Bethany that Sunday, someone who might have been the last person other than Larry to see her. And there is still a huge chunk of time not accounted for after Larry and Bethany left Little Rock. I'm Brandon Barnett, and this is Searching for Ghosts, Season 2. Where is Bethany Markowski? learned from Johnny since the airing of episode 2, Little Memphis, that Bethany was the one who told her about the skating plans that weekend, not Larry. But no one else, including Christina, was made aware of these plans. And it appears that Bethany wasn't the only daughter of Larry's who had plans broken that weekend. Here is Jenny Markowski again, Bethany's half-sister that you heard in episode 4, The Escape. Jenny was a young adult in 2001 and had moved out of the house. You know, as soon as I turned 18, I got out and <laughs> moved to prison. So um, by that time, Bethany was the only one um, that was in the household with, with him and, and Johnny. Jenny and her boyfriend at the time spent the night at Larry's house in Gleason on Thursday night so that they could go with him to pick up Bethany on Friday for his weekend visitation. According to Jenny, Larry had some pretty life-changing plans in store for the family, and this weekend was going to be jam-packed with things that they had to do in order to get this new life started. We had planned, me and my ex-boyfriend, we had planned on staying with him that weekend. Um, we were going to, you know, we took off work, we were going to wake up early that morning and ride with him to get Bethany. Um, we were supposed to have spent the weekend in Nashville with Bethany, um, you know, going up there with Larry, uh, looking for an apartment to stay at. Um, he had told us that, you know, got, got this idea in our head that if, if we moved there, uh, we could be closer to Bethany. For those of us in smaller towns in West Tennessee, Nashville is kind of our New York City. It is Music City, USA, after all. That city is all abuzz with excitement and opportunity. And for the 19-year-old Jenny Markowski, it was a win-win. She was going to be with her sister again in Tennessee's most desirable city. Um, so, of course, I was, I was up for anything to get me, you know, keep me closer around her. Right. And, of course, at, at 19 years old, you know, moving in a big city, you know, that's always, you know, nice anyway. Yeah. 
But Jenny awoke that Friday morning to a bunch of commotion at the house at Gleason. Larry convinced Jenny that this was all part of the plan to start a new life in Nashville. We woke up that morning and he was uh, selling the furniture out of the house. And of course, you know, at 19, I didn't realize, you know, you could tell me anything. I guess naive. Um, he told me, I asked him what, we, what he was doing and he said, you know, we were just selling the furniture. You know, if we're living in Nashville, we don't, in an apartment, we don't need all that furniture. But it seems that as soon as the furniture was taken away, so was any hope that Jenny had that she was going to see her sister that weekend. Evidently, there had been a change of plans. After the people left, he said, hey, well, it's a change of plans. He said, I'm just going to um, take y'all to get some breakfast, and I'm going to take y'all back to, to y'all's place. And we were confused, you know, like, what's going on? We had planned this this whole time. Um, now, all of a sudden... You're telling us that we're not going to go. Um, so we went to eat. He took us home, and that was the last that I heard from them. Um, until Sunday, when I had called his phone. Okay, so we know that on Friday, Larry didn't take Bethany skating, nor did he go apartment hunting with Jenny in Nashville. He picked up Bethany at 5 p.m. from Lori at the Waverly exit, and then he made the five-hour-plus trip to Harold Roberts' house in Little Rock, Arkansas. If you remember from Episode 6, Little Rock, according to Harold, Larry and Bethany left Little Rock on Saturday night around 8.30 or 9 o'clock to head back to Gleason. This is about a four to four and a half hour trip. Harold states that Larry called him at 1.30 a.m. and was still in Forest City, Arkansas, which is just an hour and a half outside of Little Rock. Harold just assumed that Larry had taken a nap instead of driving straight to Tennessee. I should note that Larry was a truck driver by trade, so taking naps on the road wasn't uncommon. But Harold told me that law enforcement informed him that something didn't jive with the call from Forest City. Uh, Clayton Goldsmith, he's an FBI agent in Tennessee that was involved in this. And then we had one out there in Little Rock that was involved in it. Now, I took two lie detector tests out there in Little Rock. And after, after I, I, I passed both tests, the, uh, Clayton Goldsmith and another guy, I can't think of his name now, started talking to me quite a bit, and they was telling me, they told me more about the case than anybody ever has. Right. And I, I do know they told me what they wanted me to hear, not what I wanted to hear, you know, because they can't, they can't tell you everything. But anyway, that being said, uh, they when they traced his phone call that he had supposedly called me from Four City, uh-huh. that pinged off of uh, Land Between the Lakes. West Tennessee has two natural borders that define it. We have the Mississippi River at Memphis in the west and the Tennessee River on the eastern border. The Tennessee River around Land Between the Lakes Park is known as Kentucky Lake. Land Between the Lakes is an hour and 50 minute drive northeast of Larry's home in Gleason, Tennessee. Land Between the Lakes is a five hour, 14 minute drive from Little Rock, Arkansas. If someone did leave the Little Rock area at 8.30 p.m., drove straight to Land Between the Lakes, and made a phone call, 
That phone call would have been made around 1.30 a.m. when Harold says he received the call from Larry. Now, you know anything about Four City and how far land between the lakes is from Four City, that is impossible. Yeah. Because it would have pinged off of maybe Memphis, but not not land between the lakes. Yeah. So that, that when he made that phone call to me that morning, telling me that he was in Forest City and just got up between Forest City, it, he wasn't there. He was, he was, he was already in Tennessee. He was already on the other side of Gleason. When I spoke to Mike Holt, now retired from the Jackson Police Department, I asked him about the land between the lakes, Selping. I mean, certainly they were involved over there, uh, and, and a number of aspects helped us run stuff down, but I don't remember uh, I don't know what you're speaking about. Okay. I, I just don't remember anything like that. This may be something that the TBI agent that was involved with uh, came aware of that I didn't know. Yeah. Or, or, or told me and I didn't remember. When looking at Jackson Sun articles trying to piece together a timeline, I could never find anything that indicated when Larry said he arrived in Gleason. The statements from law enforcement were always vague. But Johnny has a missing persons flyer of Bethany from the Jackson Police Department. The flyer states that Larry and Bethany made it home to Gleason at 9 a.m. that Sunday morning. With this, we now have a block of time, within 30 minutes, that Larry left Little Rock and made it to Gleason. 8.30 or 9 p.m. on Saturday night to 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. That's a 12 to 12 and a half hour span. It's only a four to four and a half hour trip from Little Rock to Gleason. This begs the question, where in the hell was Larry in that 12 hour time frame? We don't know if the land between the lakes ping is valid, but it actually fits the timeline better than the Forest City claim does. And just like with the Little Rock trip, many people have speculated if Bethany ever made it back to Gleason. Well, she did. Remember Christina, Bethany's friend with the skating plans? Bethany and her dad showed up to my house on a Sunday, and she was supposed to be headed back to her mama's house. And Christina says something wasn't right with Bethany that day, and that Bethany was in possession of something that no one has been able to verify to this day. She, uh, she, to me, she seemed not herself. And I kept asking her what was wrong, and she kept brushing me off, um, saying, look at my new phone. I got a new phone. I was like, well, where'd you get your new phone from? And she said, my dad bought it for me. And so she didn't stay really long. And so I wrote down my number and gave it to her so she needed to call me. And I was walking her, me and my aunt were walking her to her, the truck with her father. And, she, I mean, she just, she seemed off. I just didn't understand what was wrong. But, um, as she got in the truck, I started to cry, headed back towards the house. And my aunt asked me, she's like, what's wrong? And I said, something's not right. And that's the way I felt, that something was really bad. And I said, something's not right. I don't know. I can't stop it. Right. And so... I kind of, she's like, my aunt's trying to comfort me and say, it's going to be okay, she'll be back, she's just going to her mom. And I was like, it's not 
not like that. Something else is wrong. And one week later, Christina's gut feeling about that day was proven to be correct. I guess my aunt waited because my aunt knew she went missing, but she didn't tell me till a week or so later because the TBI and FBI were going to come out to the house and talk to me. Okay. And uh, she told me that she went missing, and I, and I, I cried, and I was like, well, see, I knew something was wrong. And... So I had to talk to the TBI and the FBI, and I made sure I told them, I mean, I might have been 12 or 13 years old. I don't think that they took me seriously because I was a kid. Right. And, but I told them that she had a cell phone. I told them everything that I just told you, and they they seemed to, I don't know if they seemed to take me seriously or not, but apparently they looked into it, but they didn't, I don't know. I feel that they didn't look hard enough into it. Right. That's the way I feel. So Christina was one of the last people besides Larry Markowski to see Bethany on March 4th, 2001. And Bethany's sister Jenny was one of the last to speak with her. Jenny wanted to talk to Bethany to see how her weekend went. A weekend that Jenny had planned to spend with Bethany. Sunday, when I had called his phone, I don't remember what time, but I know I talked to Bethany, and uh, she told me they had just left the house in Gleason uh, and got a few things or whatever, and that they were headed to Jackson because they were early, um, and then after they left Jackson, he was supposed to have had her back, dropped off, um, back to Johnny's sister and them. And unlike Christina, Jenny didn't notice anything out of the ordinary in Bethany's demeanor. But she did say the conversation was cut short because of poor phone service. And she sounded fine. I mean, she sounded like, I mean, she didn't sound like anything was wrong with her. Right. Um, she just told me that she couldn't barely hear me um, and that she loved me and that she was going to, that he was taking her to the mall because they were going to, they were early. Yeah. Um. I guess he was supposed to have her back at around five, and um, he was going to let her go to the mall, and um, that she was going to put him on the phone because she could barely hear me. And Jenny didn't know about Bethany's disappearance until the following day. I did not find out until the next day. Nobody even called and told me. I didn't know about it. Um, yeah, I was shocked. Um, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was things that you, you that happens on TV. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to act. Yeah. If you have any information about Bethany Markowski, no matter how small you think it is, call 1-800-THE-LOST. Hey guys, Brandon here. Want to support Searching for Ghosts and look cool doing it? Well, now you can, and just in time for Christmas. The SFG store is up and running. We have three designs to choose from, including the tree shirt that was inspired by the leaning tree from my front yard that was featured in the Season 1 cover art. 
We have multiple colors to choose from, t-shirts for men and women, and hoodies. I'll have the link in the show notes of this episode. You can also find the store at the top of the Searching for Ghosts Facebook page. Your support will help us keep SFG going. Thanks, guys. On the next episode of Searching for Ghosts. And then they had stopped in Milan for a little while, I guess, maybe for about an hour or so. And um, apparently they sat in front of my ex-employer's house for a while with uh, Larry telling uh, Bethany that this is your mom's boyfriend's house. And then supposedly they went from there to, um, to Jackson that day. I've done a podcast on a missing person from 2001. It was reported there was a cell phone ping from the park, so I figure it's probably closer to the interstate. And Bethany was upset, and it sounded like that she was on speakerphone, and I could hear Larry in the background hollering and screaming, tell her, tell her. And Bethany said, Mama, um, Daddy knows you have a, a boyfriend. At 12-12, she was in the van with him talking to his daughter. I don't know who called who, but when Jenny was on the phone with, with uh, Bethany. But then they said that he evidently turned it, after that phone call, his phone didn't ping anywhere until it came back on at 545.